and welcome back to Chicks and Balls, the podcast, a sports podcast by women about more than women's sport. My name is Marley Silva, and as always, I'm joined by my COVID-safe co-hosts. I have fully vaccinated Keely Silva next to me and socially distant <laughs> Georgia Moore all the way down in Melbourne. Girls, I'm absolutely stoked for this, our 17th episode. Both of you have your masks. We are just living our best possible lives in the current situation. Kills, how are you? Uh, yeah, pretty good, mate. Can you take me seriously? No, can you take it off? <laughs> I'm good. Uh, it's been a weird week, as it probably is for everyone. I'm um, just adjusting, but I'm lucky. I'm an essential worker, so I'm still working as normal. Um, nothing's really changed except I'm bored when I get home. Well, that's that's all right. Um, and Georgia's just, just laughing um, in her Victorian position, going, ah, oh, now the shoe is on the other foot. Am I correct in saying that, G? Look, I'm not going to lie. I feel a bit guilty because maybe for like the first 24 hours of this Sydney clusterfuck... I was like, huh? and then I was like, oh, no, it really sucks. And now it's like seeping out of the Sydney borders and just affecting everyone. And no one wants to be transported back to where we were last year. So love to everyone. Sucks for everyone. G-Moore gets her roommates back. Yeah, my housemates are coming home like 13 days early, which oh, 12, 13 days early. Tonight they are landing pretty much as we speak. And so when I get home, I'm going to have friends again. That's so nice. I'm really happy for you guys. That's lovely. Um, I'm, yeah, similar in the, in the sense that my week has been okay uh, despite the, the lockdown stuff because my work doesn't really get affected that much because I always work from home. But the silver lining, the great thing, the awesome news is the fact that we have our first official Chicks and Pools event, our lockdown trivia night, which is happening tonight uh, when the episode is released Thursday night. And we have about 32 people who have signed up to join us, which is which ex- kind so of shocks exciting. me. <laughs> it's so exciting. It puts the pressure on us to be awesome trivia hosts, but it's going to be absolutely amazing. And I know like three or four of them are actually like families or couples. Oh, cool. uh, Coming on, yeah. That's so exciting. Yeah. Well, we're super pumped for that. Um, And if you are joining our trivia night, make sure you listen till the end of the episode because we have a clue to one of the questions. So it's very key. Uh, With all that said, though, now it's time for another very heartwarming segment. Feedback feels with kills. I just have a few this week. Uh, first one, I just need to give a little shout out to um, my sprint training group that we went to dinner before we went into lockdown. Um, and I had a fun fact from Nairi who um, she wanted it to be shared on the podcast. I think it's actually important. It's quite relevant to us that after four seconds, a silence becomes awkward. So only after four seconds. Okay. So don't let any silence get to four seconds. So is she saying that we, to be aware of that when we're on mic? No, she just said it at dinner. And we were, I was like, okay. She's like, make sure you say it. Oh, okay. Anyway, um, and then the only other one I had was um, AJ, our lovely, really loyal um, listen, um, listener and follower on Instagram who gives me lots of um, stage dive feedback. He just um, replied to my feedback again, but also said, my name is AJ. So that's how my username is pronounced. So I'm apologies. I did it wrong, but. Thanks, AJ. We like we love the feedback. Love it. Yeah. Little snappy uh, feedback feels with kills this week. Yeah. It's good, bite. You know, quick to the point. You the real MVP. 
Now we get to a segment that we call MVPs, where each week we all award someone or something our personal MVP title for something that they've done that's brought us a bit of joy, brought a smile to our faces. And I don't think there's any better way to kick this off with them with your MVP this week, Keely. It's very special. <laughs> Tell us about it. <laughs> well, uh, if you didn't hear that, we've actually got um, a live audience and the live audience actually is my MVP. Welcome, Cameron yeah. Devlin. Um, happy to have you here. Uh, so, Thanks for having me. Yeah. That, oh, Again. Oi, anytime, honestly. It's a pleasure. Um, also, his name is Lil Dev. <laughs> <laughs> On the on the video, anyway. Sorry. Um, so, Gabby Dev is um, my MVP this week, as he um, casually told me on the weekend that he got uh, picked in the Oli Ruse squad that's going to Tokyo on Thursday, um, and that is just an amazing achievement. And it's something that we did speak about in our halftime huddle with him earlier this year. That you know that was one of his goals, and um, I just. Not surprised, but so excited for you. How you feeling? Thank you. That was kind of that was kind of cute. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel good. Eh? I'm 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 pretty excited. It's yeah, I've been wanting to do it for ages, and yeah, now that it's finally happening, and I'm leaving in a couple of days, it's pretty surreal. But yeah, really exciting. Eh? When you got the phone call, like, were you? Did you know that it was the? Co- oh, you know the coach, don't you? Yeah, I know him. I um. I was out for dinner. I knew he was going to call, but I wasn't sure what like when, when exactly. And I was out for dinner with um, my older brother and his girlfriend, and and um, he like I had a missed call because there was no reception in the restaurant, so I was stressing out. Had to leave, and then yeah, he gave me the call, and then um, no, it was unreal. Eh? Such a such a good feeling, and it was it was a very good dinner. That uh, that <laughs> I was very excited. <laughs> wow, having the title of Olympian is pretty unmatched. Congratulations, Cam. That is awesome. That I can't even believe I I know an Olympian. I can't believe an Olympian's been in my house. Yeah. What about <laughs> what about how we did a bit of a family FaceTime to Dev and yeah, that was sick. Mum and Dad said the same thing. They're like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe we know him." <laughs> it's like, okay. Oh, ridiculous. Ridiculous. But ridiculous. I mean, well well deserved. What about your father? What about my father? Oh yeah. <laughs> He's done great things. No, what about what Dad said on the FaceTime? Yeah, if you if you score, if, he's going to do oh, a nudie yeah. run. Yeah, pretty much. He's if if Cammy scores and does amazing things, I've got to get on the field first. Yeah, hey, you'll get there. You'll get there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm backing you. Um, but it doesn't matter. You're still there. Like it's such a good achievement and wow. one to be bragged about. Hundred percent, an MVP for us all. Um, on top of our other MVPs. But we won't hold you for too much longer, Cam. We know you've got a lot of preparation to do, a lot of packing, um, you know, practice your Japanese. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. That's, um, what, that's what I've been doing. <laughs> well, hey, good luck. We're going to be cheering and, and all the other things that we No, we thank doing. you so much, eh? You're the best. Oh, this is pretty cool, eh? Yeah, you like <laughs> it? I mean, you can hang around if you want. Just watch no. us. Can we ask, wait, can I ask what you're most excited about? Um, just to be like, where, to be fair, um, wearing the, like just wearing the kit is pretty special. Like just to put it on and like, have the, have the Australian badge on your, on your chest is pretty, like, I love that. I just reckon that's so cool. And just, but just to be with the boys and just like in the Olympic camp, like that'll be, that'll just be so fun. And just once we're there and like, we're all gelling, it'll just be such a good time. I reckon it'll just be so fun. And 
playing on the world stage is just yeah such so special and yeah I just can't like all of it a eh? but just being with the boys is just That's, the best day. it's just Beautiful. sick like to think about it's honestly so cool came to um cause ruckus in the Olympic Village oh well it's, you can't we're in we're in it's full I, bubble I haven't told us exactly what it is yet but I'm pretty sure we can't even pretty much quarantine like you're just with the team but no, nah, it's, it's it, I won't be causing much ruckus. I eh? just with the fellas. <laughs> I was because I was going to give you my, my one piece of Japanese that I remember from four years of doing it in high school, which is Denwa Bangowa, which is um, what's what your phone that? number? Oh, yeah, no, I won't need it. I don't reckon. Yeah, I, damn. Oh well, you can just I, have I that anyway. Deb's, I got Deb's um, Japanese today on. Yeah, Mum sent him a message saying Konnichiwa. Oh wow! <laughs> just so that he didn't forget <laughs> okay. the greeting. <laughs> And I just to say good day. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Just a reminder. Oh god. Uh, anyway, uh, um, nah, thanks so much. Eh? It's it's good to be back on, and I appreciate it. Where my friends? Oh, oh mates. Oh mates. Love this. Friends of the show. <laughs> um, all right. See ya. All right. Bye, Cami Dev. <laughs> what a great little MVP to kick us off. Anyway, um, it's going to be hard to top. But Georgia, who's your MVP? Well, I'm going to stick with the Olympic theme and tie my uh, MVP in with a little question because my MVP is Skims for today becoming the official undergarment and leisure wear provider of the American Olympic team. <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know, Skims is Kim Kardashian's loungewear brand. And I just think MVP because, man, is there a pie the Kardashian-Jenner family don't have their fingers in? But also, when this news came out this morning, I sent it to you guys. It was, the it was the first thing I saw when I woke up, and I was like, this is stunning. Sent it to you guys, was telling everyone about it at coffee at work. And I was like, is Georgia Moore the only person who is quite so invested in this announcement today? And I think I'd prob probably be up there with those who are most invested in the announcement. I think it's a great thing. Um, I am also amazed that we are talking about the Kardashians two episodes in a row. Yeah. And we are a sports podcast. But I'm about it. They're around, think, though. They I mean, are around. Let's just say, um, is there any talk of releasing any sort of example of some of the garments that they're doing for the public? Because I will buy okay. it. Okay. Yeah. So this is what I was thinking because the kid is so cool. I want to buy it. And one of Kim's stories was like, like be the first to – like swipe up, put your email in and be the first to know when it drops. And I was like, as in drops to the public or Must drops be. as in the whole range is being like released. You put so your email in there though, it. didn't you? I'm already on the skims. <laughs> <laughs> when you send the story, I flick through everything and some of the kits mark. It's so cool. Yeah, it's real cool. It's so good. Well, I love that. Well, to wrap us up with three Olympic-themed MVPs, I thought this one was a real heartwarmer. It was um, some footage that I saw from Tara Davis, who is a, an American long jumper. She made it to Tokyo uh, over the weekend when they had their track and field trials. But it wasn't just the fact that she made it that was really beautiful, but the footage of her and her partner, whose name is Hunter Woodhall, um, embracing each other and the story behind it being that he's a Paralympian, he's a double amputee, and he also made it as a sprinter. Um, and the two of them together 
I then went on a, like a bit of a stalking rampage and they are quite um, active on TikTok and share a lot about their relationship and he shares a lot about like which shoes are accessible for him for someone who has um, prosthetic legs and all this kind of stuff and it's amazing uh, but the really eye-catching beautiful part of them being just like a couple goals going to the Olympics together um, is that they were wearing such amazing cowboy hats and like really talking about their Texan pride when she like announced that, that she was qualifying and I was like yes we love country we love it cowboy hats look so good they're aesthetically pleasing matching beautiful make sure you watch because in the future g moore and i plan on getting a little cowboy hat tattoo oh yeah it's really cool we we may or may not be pressured two friends to do it with us taps and tones look out (laughs) we've already got one podcast tattoo mum's gonna be filthy man Uh, she doesn't even listen it's fine (laughs) anyway here we are that was our MVPs. Touchdown! Now it's time for a segment that we call Around the Grounds, where we dive into the biggest headlines in sports media from the week. And to kick us off, I'm going to throw to you, Keely Silver, because you're doing a big wrap-up of what happened over the weekend with Origin. Tell us about it. I am. Um, obviously, big win from the Blues. Uh, they took the series um, Sorry, G Moore. <laughs> That's in the men's, of course, though. In the men's. In the women's, the Queenslanders, they won. G <laughs> Moore is sticking the finger up at us. The real game. The real game. True. The real important game. True, true. Um, and we had a comment on one of our posts of the women's game. Uh, someone actually said, um, what would be the best game? Someone asked for a squad of the best players, and it made me think of an idea, and I've created a New South Wales and Queensland mixed squad um, and I you know a lot of strategy and thought went into this because I know heaps about coaching <laughs> uh, but this Keely Bennett yeah Keely Bennett right no Keely, Keely Bellamy. Bellamy are you cheating me up bro <laughs> sorry it's just because I'm wait, offended wait, wait, wait. Georgia, let me tell you why I say that. Because we call mum Deb Bennett because she, in COVID last year, got really invested in watching um, the footy. And, and putting makes, bets on. Puts it, putting bets on, making massive claims, talking about plays and things, mostly talking about South because of our cousin Braden who so plays we, for South. We That's call her Deb Bennett. Deb Bennett. I would be Keely Bellamy, thank you. Yeah, Keely Bellamy. Anyway, um, no one get angry at me, please, listeners, because it's actually just a muck around. Um, and I've just picked players in the position that I liked, male or female. Okay, here it is. For New, oh, South- yeah. For New South Wales, number one, James Tedesco. Number two, The Fox. Number three, Jess Sergis. Number four, Tommy Turbo, who will be my captain. Number five, Tiana Penitani. Number six, Jerome Luai. Number seven, Nathan Cleary. Number eight, I'm, gonna, I'm about to shank this, Daniel Safidi. Safidi. Oh, I'm sorry. I was really nervous when I wrote his last name down. They call him DSAF. Anyway, um, number nine, obviously Quincy Dodd. Uh, number 10, Millie Boyle. Number 11, Kezi Apps. Number 12, Tarek Sims. Number 13, outstanding game, Hannah Southwell. Number 14, uh, Jack Whiten. Number 15, Kennedy Sherrington. Number 16, Payne Haas. Number 17, the snitch who whinged about Ronaldo. <laughs> and number 18, Valentine Holmes. <laughs> Based on the intercept. Anyway, this isn't to offend anyone, but I'm glad you're laughing. <laughs> when can we make comments on the team at the end of the Queensland? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, I'm holding them. Um, <laughs> Queensland. Valentine Holmes, 18th man, though. That's brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. Number one, Tamika Upton. Number two, Ronaldo. Oh, number, that's sad. <laughs> number three, GI. 
<laughs> Number four, Kurt Catewell. Number five, Dane Gagai. Number six, Taryn Aiken. Number seven, DCE, who would be my captain. Um, Why are you so zero? Because I asked him to Okay, zero. sorry, sorry. Number eight, Christian Welch. Let me crack his... <laughs> yeah, true, true, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Number nine, Harry Grant. <laughs> Number... <laughs> Um, I've shanked the numbers here. Number 10, I think. Um, Josh Papali'i. I said that one, right? Yeah, you did. Um, number 12, the guy that fell down the stairs at Suncorp. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> MVP. If you didn't see that, you need to go on NRL Roast. He put a video. Hilarious. Um, I hope that guy's okay, though. Um, number 13, Felice Kafusi. I think this is what it is. Anyway, number 14. Oh, no, number – sorry, shank that. Number 12, Felice – it's Felice Kafusi. Number 13 is Ali um, Brigginshaw. Oh, of course. Then number – see, I'm, I know what I'm talking about. I think Brigginshaw would be a, a contender for captain over DC. I Sorry, we're not meant to comment until the end. Yeah, okay. But sorry, sorry, go on, go on. You love Daly. I do love Daly. Yeah. Uh, number 14, Kalen Ponga. <laughs> number 15, Reese Walsh. <laughs> number 16, AJ Brimson. And number 17, Cohen S. And 18th man, Cameron Monkstar. <laughs> and just an honourable mention, a future Queenslander who we probably need next game is Paddy Carrigan. That's all. Oh, my God. Wow, Keely. You, you were so proud of that list. Okay, I was, yeah. I'm proud of that yeah, list. Yeah, it's pretty good. Keely goes, <clears throat> look, I... Fellow Queenslanders, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to lie. After, like, about 60 minutes into the game on Sunday, we were talking about this concept, and I was like to Keely, like, good luck finding someone who deserves to be on the team from the boys. <laughs> and she goes, don't worry, I've made it funny. Okay. <laughs> She's bloody delivered. Um, oh, I, th- I don't think anything beats Valentine at 18th man for New South Wales. Honestly, personally. that made me sweaty. Remember when I used to get sweaty? Yeah. yeah it's happened again. So if you aren't around all the drama that came up to uh, – was leading up to Sunday's game, uh, the men's state of origin, lots of – you know, questions of the eligibility of Ronaldo Molotalo, who was called in after Reese Walsh, who was going to be this really young debutant at fullback for Queensland, got injured. We spoke about that on last week's episode, that we're excited to see him play and maybe we jinxed him a little bit. But all this drama. And then the game itself was atrocious and you could just tell they'd lost it in the first couple of minutes. So um, that's the redemption arc. Um, I, yeah, I personally was like you, G. I, I thought she would have just named the women's side for the Queenslanders. Um, but I, I appreciate. say you could tell they'd lost it at about the 11th minute. I thought they were okay for the first 10. If you watch the replay, we'll go straight to the 11th minute, see what, what changes there. <laughs> you know what? get scored on. No, do you know what? It actually? was the intercept. It was Luttrell's intercept. That changed the whole momentum. This is, like, not a word of a lie. I had typed in our group chat, at least they're showing up a bit more tonight. And then they <laughs> New South Wales scored, and I just backspaced off. Oh! <laughs> oh, sad. No, it wasn't that bad. I did change early over to the F1, but, I mean, we've had our turns, swings and roundabouts. I have faith Queensland will be back. Yeah, beginning of a new dynasty. You heard it here well, they, th- there's been a few uh, posts made, which I think have been really interesting to see, like the future of the Blues and the future of the Maroons and putting in all the young players, what years they were born and stuff. And I'm like, that's actually really cool. Yeah. And just, yeah, new dynasty for sure.
The last bit of origin chat that I wanted to pose to you guys, because I know my views on it, and this was a really interesting. First of all, the best moment of the weekend for me was to see how flooded all of our socials were um, in men, women, everyone, people who weren't even in that into rugby league really tuning in for the women's state of origin. Honestly, I've never seen anything like it. It was made me really, really happy in that sense. A lot of people getting so excited about it. And then there were these big calls at the end of the game for a three-game series for the women next year. So I wanted to ask you guys what your perceptions are on that. I heard a really important discussion from Sammy Bremner on Fox League at the end of the game. Um, she played for the Dragons in the NRLW. I think she's pregnant again, so she's probably not playing. She's, she's not a playing. freak of nature. Yeah, too. she's a freak. Um, and she made a really good point around the fact that if we are talking about a three-game series, the reason it's not realistic is, um, one, the women aren't paid enough to take time off their full-time jobs. A lot of them are mothers. Um, there's just not a, a enough backing to to really build that and I totally understand that so my kind of argument then becomes if we're really that excited and that invested in what we're seeing in terms of the talent of women's rugby league because I've honestly it was such an incredible game in terms of skill level um, we need to kind of follow through with this excitement that's come after origin into the NRLW season and then hopefully we can get to a three-game level. But but what do you guys think? Well, I was pretty much going to say what you said about Sammy. Um, that would be my thought process straight away. Uh, the girls are, because of just the way that it is at the moment and it hasn't built up enough that they're studying, they're working, etc. cetera. Um, you pretty much covered it. I feel exactly the same. I think it's um, a lovely thought and I would love for it to be um, uh, something that's possible in the future and I think it can be. We'll get there eventually. I just don't think it's you know, this year or next year? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, like you said, the talk around it was just insane. And, like, even in my family, like, extended family members who I probably didn't expect to tune in did and, like, have not shut up about it. Probably as a Queenslander, it was, like, a nice alleviation from (laughs) men's state of origin, to be fair. But the hype around it this year was awesome. The footage from Sunny Coast Stadium was awesome. How packed it was. So cool. Um... I think it's pretty straightforward, but I think the girls went a long way to proving this year that three games would be an entertaining spectacle and it was so close and it was such a good game and there was so much passion involved, so they deserve it. So let's hope we can get them there sooner rather than later. And I think just as a quick add-on, um, I had a vac- I had a lot of, of my guy mates message me throughout the game and uh, so one of the boys many. actually was like, oh, I've got a multi on, like I want um, to make Upton and Jesso to score and I'm like, that's pretty sick. Like so it, cool, and, and all over the socials, from, boys were drinking peas and watching the girls' footy. Hectic, and the footage from the Queensland camp of the boys watching the girls. Just yeah. oh, it was so and, good. And look, maybe I haven't been paying enough attention to it in the past, but I've never seen that kind of hype around a women's rugby league game before. And, and also, it was awesome. Nathan Cleary at the Blues training, going through kicking and stuff. Hectic. I, I so think. Good. I think it's finally getting a respect level that we haven't seen before. You know, mm. and it's. It's being, you know, having Nathan there and, and things like that, but also having um, your NRL Rose and your bloke in a bar and YKTR, like all those major outlets really putting this focus on there as well because there's been this big shift in the, the psyche and we all understand now, I think, whether you're a man or a woman, whatever, that it's it's coming to a level where it's really professional and it's exciting and we should care about it and it's amazing. And even the NRL posting both teams alongside each other so which is where Achilles and like team thing yeah team but the smallest 
like the simplest thing ever and it just makes the biggest impact for those girls I'm sure but for the community for people who maybe didn't know it was on like so cool if you haven't seen it yet and I would be surprised if you are not living under a rock the Tour de France got off to a pretty rocky start this week with a woman now on the run from authorities in France because the Tour de France are looking to sue the woman who, I can't say this with a straight face because Keely's laughing. Oh, God, I don't know, she's out, on the run. <laughs> fully on the run from authorities, held out a sign that said something along the lines of like, hello, granddad or go granddad or whatever, and caused utter carnage in stage one of the Tour de France, the biggest and most impactful crash the race has ever seen the most cyclists put out Killy, let me get through this the most cyclists put out of action the most injuries the most broken bikes the most everything all because she wanted her five seconds of fame on tv and might i just say a real cycling fan would know to hold the sign a little bit further away from the road <laughs> But goodness gracious, it has caused a stir around the world. Keely's got her head in her hands. So let's go to you first, Marley. Thoughts, feelings, concerns. I mean, like, it's it's funny because you go, what a moron. And, like, how how did you not realise that all these athletes who were going very fast are going to run into you, right? But it was, like, it caused such a big drama. It's the opening stage of the Tour de France. And it's... Absurd, like, but for it to be making such like big news, big ruckus, and whatever, it, it's wild. We should probably a little bit of context if you haven't seen it. It's the first stage of the Tour de France. It's quite early in the race, so the cyclist pack is huge. It's not spread out like you usually see Cadell Evans to the finish line. It is a pack of cyclists, and this woman. Stamp, the camera is looking at them front on. She leans in from the side of the road with her big cardboard sign, Keely still losing her shit, uh, facing the camera. So the cyclists are coming from behind her. She takes out the first one in the pack and about it, hundreds follow, stacked and on top of each she other. She also, like, takes a step out into the yeah. road. Like, it's like she moves into them. She's, yeah. a, she's an absolute muppet. Um, and I don't anyway, know why Keely's crying. Keely is, like, actually crying. <laughs> She's on the run. They're looking to sue her for damages and for cyclists. Like, I'm actually crying, but is it not common sense? Like, you don't see kids. <laughs> I'm not, I would think. Honestly, the people injured, like, I'm not laughing at them. <laughs> no, French, French police are genuinely appealing for eyewitnesses because she took off. It's ridiculous. On the spot. I imagine initially out of like embarrassment and oh my god, I just ruined the Tour de France. Get me out of here. She probably wasn't thinking I'm now on the run from authorities, but they are looking for her to sue. Wow. That's really insane. Off the it's back of this, stupid. It is silly. And so it made us think about what are some of our favorite rogue fan moments. It, you know, again, being a little bit more dismissive of the damage that some of this has caused um, that from sporting history. Before we do that, can you imagine you've trained your whole life to get uh, to the Tour de France? and I'd want to punch on with her. Well, you can't because she's, <laughs> she's on the on run. run. <laughs> I know. It, it, and, like, it's kind of easy for us to be like, you know, 
we can have a laugh in that. But it, it's true. It, it's an awful thing to do, and I think you don't consider and it. Serious injury. Yeah, that was when one bike goes down. It's all hell breaks loose. Like, you've seen so it before, fast. so fast. Oh man. Anyway. Sorry to those guys. Yeah. But, Keely, do you have a favourite <sighs> yeah, um, rogue moment from an, uh, a fan at a sporting match? Uh, yeah. I was at um, the Game 3 Origin in Sydney in 2013. Um, if no one remembers it, I'll just paint a nice picture for you. I remember it was, like, towards the end of the game, and I remember Paul Gallen blowing up at the end saying it ruined their play or whatever. Um, but... <laughs> This rather large naked man <laughs> ran across the field. Um, we love a good streaker. I think it's probably the best rogue moment you can have in um, in you know sporting history. Uh, I but I just loved it because I was there. It was hilarious. It was the funniest thing ever. Like it was rogue, but it was so funny. And I remember kind of seeing him. You know, he wasn't really fast or agile. And I remember seeing, kind of seeing him first and all of us going, is that guy running? Is he about to? And he just started running. And I was like, oh, no. And then everyone's kind of going, yeah, and like yelling, like not about the footy, about the chubby man. Oh. You know what? That's really funny at the time and iconic, but you get banned for life. Yeah. So it's not worth it. Maybe if you're going to like die tomorrow. Like, Tell me how they police it, Marley. Tell me how. They have his face but, everywhere. Yeah, he's just all on all the walls in ANZ Stadium now. Do not let him in. Yeah, but, yeah, I've always wondered that. Yeah. As a no, that's note, a good question. I've always wondered how fans and members who are banned for life, because, like, anyway, I diverge. Do you have a favourite... I diverge? I digress. Yes, that's all right. <laughs> do you have a favourite rogue moment of, of this calibre? Yeah, I do. Um, in 2021 at the Tour de France. <laughs> like, <laughs> Uh, uh, he's a funny no, I mean the, the I don't know streakers in general, but I don't I don't have one I can call to well the top of my um one that I have purely because it's been like quite popular on my TikTok for you page at the moment. I've seen it at least three times. Um, this old clip of Steffi Graf, who was a an American tennis player um, in 1996 at Wimbledon. She's about to serve and there's, you know how quiet it is at a tennis match and someone screams out from the crowd, Steffi, will you marry me? And she kind of looks up and everyone laughs and she's laughing and then she takes a beat and then she goes, how much money do you have? And it's iconic. Like, it's so good. Um, and I literally have been seeing it in the last week, so I just was like, that's really funny. And it's when it's stuff like that, it's harmless. Maybe not when you take out that many people in the Tour de France. Yeah, bring back naked people. Okay. <laughs> that's how much Killy enjoyed the, that guy. It was so funny. Why is that? It's so simple. Why is that so amusing? Anyway. Small things, right? Small yeah. things. Would you want to do it, Keely? Oh, no. <laughs> they couldn't pay me, honestly. So if we forget about the fact that we are in the middle of lockdown in, well, quite a few states now, uh, there is also something we can look forward to because it's getting a bit colder and it's also the beginning of the Australian ski season. Um, I'm personally not someone who did a lot of skiing or snowboarding growing up, kind of just did it in high school and primary school and failed miserably. I think Keely's also in the same boat. Um, but we wanted to get someone on here who knows a hell of a lot more about this, who could pump us up to maybe get involved and go down to the ski fields at some point uh, later this year when COVID has backed off once again. So I am so excited to say that to join us on this episode, we have a winter sports 
rising star. Her name is Mia Rennie and she was Australia's youngest ever female skier to compete at a free ski world cup when she was just 16 years old. So she's here to tell us all about it, her journey and why chicks need to get more involved in extreme sports. Here's Mia. Thank you so much for making the time to come on and and have a chat with us. We were really excited um, to learn a bit about a sport that we really don't know um, a lot about. When I was uh, saying a little bit of an intro for you, um, I was explaining the fact that we are definitely massive noobs when it comes to the snow. I honestly, I wish I was a shredder. I love like the idea of being on snow and I have tried. I'm not that good. I will be (laughs) persistent though. I'm planning on going to Queenstown again and living there for a snow season. Um, But I'm like, follow Scotty James. Yeah, amazing. Um, We love Scotty James and we follow him a bit, but apart from that, I'm a bit of a noob. (laughs) Um, so I just wanted to, to first and foremost ask you, um, yeah, to, to introduce yourself, where you grew up and, you know, if, to someone who doesn't know what it is, what is free skiing? Okay, yeah. So I'm Mia or Miff Rennie. Um, I'm 17 years old and I live just south of Sydney in a little town called Stanwell Park, which is very coastal, no snow in sight. Um, I go to Illawarra Sports High School. I'm doing my HSC at the moment and I'm a professional skier. I'm competing on the World Cup circuit and compete for the Australian free ski team. And free skiing is a an extreme sport in skiing where you compete in I compete in two events. There's slope style and there's big air. Big air you are given a certain amount of hits of the jump to land your decided and trained trick and it's just like spins on the jump and you get scored off of of like few variable different things and slope style there is a course built for you there is multiple jumps and multiple rails that you hit and yeah you're getting scored if you know how surfing works it's a lot like how they judge surfing yeah right except if you fall from the sky you're not landing in in water you're landing on Hard no. snow. <laughs> that is insane. That's actually sick. Have you had any gnarly injuries? Nothing like big time, touch wood. Um, I've broken my collarbone. I've done like, a few little things in my knees. Like I just did like my shoulder. So there's a few little things, but nothing big time. That's pretty good. I'd still consider a broken. <laughs> I'd still consider a broken collarbone pretty gnarly. Yeah. Well, growing it, say, was, it wasn't fun. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. But growing up where you did, which is really only a little bit further south than where we're from, Keely and I. Yeah. Um, how on earth did you end up, you know, being such a, a snow person, who, someone who's doing this professionally? Where Where did the love come from, and were you just going down to the ski fields every winter? Yeah. So, mum and dad were always skiing and snowboarders. They loved it. And then they were ski patrolling when I – they were instructing when they started dating and then got married and then started ski patrolling at a little resort called Selwyn Snowfields. And when I was four, I got brought down there and, um, yeah, literally, like, since I was walking. I I can't even remember my first snow trip. Like, and then I just fell in love with it. My whole family loves it. We all do it. And then it ended up being like a every weekend we'd make the five and a half, six hour commute down to the snow 
just for a few family trips and we loved it so much and then it just ended up being like getting more and more into it and then when I was 13 um I started I I signed the Australian team when I was 13 so I got on New South Wales Institute of Sport and um that was really like I was just shredding and having fun with my mates like I didn't really know that it could really go much further because I never grew up in a snow community or a snow town. Like I had posters of skiers and stuff on my wall at 12 years old, but I grew up knowing what surfing was and skating and watching the footy. Like, and then when I was 13, they were like, Hey, you can have a professional ski career out of this. I was like, Oh, let's do that. That sounds (laughs) epic. And then like really got my head down and started to work hard. And yeah, it all started to fall into place. And I was around 12, 13 years old. It's so crazy. Fancy being that young. (laughs) Like, yeah, and especially like reading a bit of your story before we had this chat, realising that you're the youngest ever woman to represent uh, Australia at the Free Ski World Cup. Like, that is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, You know, what what did that feel like when you got the call up? So you're 16, you're only 17 now. Wasn't that long ago. Yeah, what was that like? So it was very much like there's a spot take it and I've grown up and been every opportunity you have just grasp that and do what you can with it like why miss it you miss 100% of the shots you don't take I love that quote and um so I got the chance to go compete this world cup I didn't I I am very um ambitious people like to say (laughs) so um I was like yeah world cup like I'm super ready and um my coach was like my coach I have a private coach in America and he was like yeah, you're ready. Let's do it. Just like hyping me up. And I went with dad and it was in Calgary and I went there and was like, whoa, like eye opener. Like these are all my idols that I have had on my wall as screensavers. I've saved all their videos. I've got like, I've just idolized them forever. And now I'm competing in the same field as them. I had like crazy stage fright. I didn't even, I was just shaking in my boots for two days straight. And when it actually came to comp time, um, I managed to step up. And there's, I think it might have been Steve Smith. I'm not entirely sure. It was a cricket player that spoke about the fact that if you put someone into an environment, they they tend to step up to the level. And that was kind of where my dad and my coach were like, put her in the environment, you know, why, why would we not, why would we hold her back when... You know, she's going to grow and she's going to learn. And I'm so glad that I did that World Cup then because especially COVID, I had that big break where I wouldn't have had my first World Cup until February, but I had the whole experience. So I knew what to expect. Now I actually really need to compete for my Olympic spot. So it was really good that I did it. <laughs> yeah, far out. That's that's insane. I mean, hearing that, I the first kind of instinct, my next question is, is what does your training schedule look like when you're not around snow and like with COVID and everything yeah. now? Like what, how are you kind of maintaining that skill set? So especially with COVID, like we're all in lockdown at the moment. I'm doing, I've been doing workouts at the beach today, which was really nice to get outside of the house and stuff. But I'm in the gym six days a week. Um, a lot of strength training. We also do cardio just for our agility and training days can be longer. So we don't get as tired when we're training, um, on snow training and, um, a lot of trampolining 
mm. as well. So trampolining and you practice new tricks and you learn new tricks on trampolines. So that's a low risk environment and it helps with air awareness. And that's like a skill that you have to build up a lot and you can lose that pretty quickly. So when we have a month or two months off snow, staying on the trampoline and doing your tricks is going to help grow and keep the air awareness. Wow. So how do you balance your HSC and and this, like, <laughs> living your dream while you're still a kid, I think, is, like, in, amazing. How do I balance my HSC? <laughs> um, <laughs> do I? Um, no, I am. I'm trying. I go to Illawarra Sports High, which is a high school in Berkeley, and um, that school is really facilitated for athletes like myself. And there is a surf scholarship there, and I'm definitely not on a surf scholarship, but there's just no ski program. So I fitted into the surf scholarship category, and there's a guy, he's actually my math teacher and the surf coach, and his name's Jeff Latimer, and he looks after me. Like, the whole school does really well, but he really helps my teachers and, and collects all the schoolwork that I need. They put it online, and I do that when I'm abroad. And I'll just FaceTime my teachers if I need help. If his exams, I'll like make sure I'm in an exam um, situation, um, assessments. I get it all done, but um, it got really stressful this time last year when I was in year 11 and was like, whoa, okay, I'm kind of at the point where I think I need to drop out or do pathways program. And that's what I decided to do. I was like, I don't want to drop out, so I'm going to do pathways. And that's year 12 spread out over a few years, if you don't know. So, in fact, I actually tried to do year 12 early. So I did um, business. I finished in my business HSE a year early thinking that, oh, okay, maybe I can try to finish my HSE early. I couldn't. So then I ended up splitting it out more. Now I'm doing my pathways program. So this year I'm doing my English and maths, and then next year I'll be doing my sciences, and it just makes it way more easy for me to manage everything. Yeah, 100%. Um, I actually used to work with a few students at Illawarra Sports High. It is a, it's a great school. Really? Down there. Yeah, I used to work all down yeah, in Illawarra. Yeah, it is an awesome school. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so, you know, when you're describing what your sport is, and it, it is an extreme sport, and I think that, you know, even though we've come a long way as a society, there's still sort of expectations of what a female athlete does and, and, and being a woman in this space. What – you know, have you ever come up against sort of opposition or people kind of being freaked out that this is something that you do? And what would you tell other young girls who maybe want to do something like you one day? Be brave. I mean, it's cliche, but that falls into everything, whether it's a new relationship, an exam, and an extreme sport, is be brave and keep trying, like determination, resilience bravery don't let other people hold you back because of the way society categorizes things and I think that's a really big issue so me and Zalia Short I don't know if you guys know Zalia she's a surfer she's quite young she's got like a lot of Instagram followers but we just made a film on um it's called Swap and we swapped sports in this film and it's going to be released like within the next month I need to release the date soon but um in the film there's a big section where we talk about how we felt in vulnerable positions doing something we're not good at whilst there's a camera in our face and whilst there's loads of people watching us 
And it, when we explained it, it kind of didn't feel much different to how we feel trying something new anyway as a girl because there's constantly pressures put on us as like, oh, she's a girl. She's probably like, all right, let her have a moment. But that's kind of how I felt a lot. And I hated that. So now when I'm in the park and there's girls all the time, not all the time, there's really girls, but when there are girls in there, it's just like, go at it, go hard. Like, I want to meet you. I want to help you. Like, let's do this together kind of thing. And um, I hope doing that and building a more tight-knit female community is going to help girls and, like, welcome girls into our into our sport. That is sick and, like, so cool and I can't wait for that to be released. I'll be watching that straight away. Yeah. <laughs> you sound a lot older than 17. Yeah, when I wow. Say that. Far out. <laughs> Um, well, I don't know about whether G or Keely have other questions. The only other question I had was, is it the Winter Olympics that are next for you? Is that the be- next big thing? Um, so they actually just changed the qualification process, uh, which made it slightly harder for me. But um, they, in October, so I have to go overseas in September again, and then there's World Cups from October all the way up to Olympics in February. And that is going to be the Olympic qualification decider. So I'm not officially qualified. I'd like to say and like hope, I hope very strongly that I will be qualified by February. Um, but right now there's no, there's no definite answer for that. But yeah, the Olympics are in February and that's the big goal. That's uh, I'd love that. Yeah, yeah, fingers crossed. Oh, my gosh. Massive fingers and toes crossed. I want to see you there. <laughs> I absolutely love watching the Winter Olympics. It's actually probably my favourite over Summer Olympics. I love it. I love it. I'll be watching. Yeah, what what athletes? All the figure skating and stuff. I love it. <laughs> it's the best. It's just so cool. I think it's because it's mm. different and because we live in Australia and, like you, we grew up in a coastal area. So I'm like, oh, it's so cool. Like, it's so, like, out of our comfort zone. You guys are like unicorns. <laughs> That's yeah, what it's like. like. weird. Jay <laughs> <laughs> um, Moore, you got any questions? I do have a question. It's like going back a bit on what you were talking about, but you said you got signed at 13. Yeah, 12, 13. Yeah. And you're only 17 now. That's like, well, for me, a lot of pressure to have almost like your career and your life path set out at that age. How do you wrap your head around the fact that either you're going to do this forever as planned at the age of 13 or maybe you won't and that's going to like be such a different, like such a huge call to make? Yeah, okay. So when I was 13, like I said before, it's like I fell into being the Australian program. I was just, I was really known as this little blonde chick grom that would just be like, oh, the boys did that. I'm going to do it too. Like, yeah. yes, I love that. <laughs> so, love that. Everyone would be like, oh, should you do that? Really? <laughs> My parents would like probably put me in a leash if they could. Um, but um, yeah, so I fell into that not really knowing much about the professional side of the sport and um I felt like I was definitely chosen very early to be on the Australian team and then just kept working harder I've always kind of been like that is like I grew up with a family atmosphere where it's like whatever you're gonna do do it properly you know you don't half-ass things like do it properly and um I don't think that matters whether it's working at Woolies whether it's going for a walk or doing schoolwork it's just do it so I kept giving everything that I had to skiing and honestly like every time I went skiing more and more there's obviously ups and downs but I love it every time I go like I love it more every competition I love it more every season so 
for me, when I think that that's my lifestyle, that just excites me. A big call, but I think um, Miss probably one of the coolest um, people we've had on. <laughs> yeah, far out. <laughs> just a shredder, man. Just a shredder. Making me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Miff, thank you so much for coming on and a massive good luck for the rest of 2021. And we'll have all of our appendages crossed for you to hopefully see you representing um, in February. But, hey, other – even if not, you've obviously got a massive career ahead of you. and We'll be, be watching. We'll, yeah. We'll be in touch. And also, like, <laughs> just inspiring the next generation of young girls when you're still a young woman is just unbelievable. So you should be really proud of yourself. And um, thank you for, for yeah, inspiring you. us who are, you know, a little bit getting on the older side. So it means it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's very, very cool. Yeah, thank you for having me. You're what- welcome anytime. Now we come to our final segment of the show that we call our ones to watch where we recommend a sport, an event or even a Netflix show you should be watching for the week ahead. G Moore, kick us off. What's your one to watch for this week? My one to watch is a bit of a throwback that I have remembered seeing as the resurgence of lockdown and your guys throws your guys your throwback to what you got up to in lockdown last year. Is the series Cheer? I feel like it had its moment in on Netflix. Molly, are you looking have you never seen it? What is it? I'm not sure what you're talking about. Cheer? Cheer. Cheer. Oh! oh! I thought you said chia, like you chia seeds. Cheer. Like, like cheer. chia seeds. I'm like, oh, are we doing chia seeds? I I'm bloody confused. love cheer. So good. And I know it had its moment in the sun last year, but if you haven't watched it and you're looking for a lockdown binge, watch it. And they're so strong. Don't take cheerleading seriously. You will watch it because holy shit. (laughs) Anyway, I saw it back in my Netflix recommendation. I think I watched it about this time last year in lockdown. If you're looking for a binge. I mean, there's Get been, on it. I back that. There's been a bit of off-camera. Yeah, I know. There was off-camera drama. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. I, I know, I'm just pointing it out. Like, there was a bit, there's like, you know, yeah, but big drama. enjoy for the cheer. Enjoy the show. But just, yeah, if you don't, yeah. Okay. I, I just had to point don't it out. Don't be a narc, Marley. No, I'm just saying, like, hey, you need to acknowledge that. But anyway. Okay. Jerry's not the guy you think he is, but anyway. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly the point I wanted to make. Sorry. Thank you. Oh. Keely. Marley. One to watch. Yes. My one to watch, uh, Marley and I have had a good uh, few conversations about this. Uh, if you ha- don't follow Chloe Chapman, who is partner of DJ Fisher, uh, or Elodie Pullen, then you probably don't know, but go check them out. They have started a podcast called Darling Shine. Um, Elodie is, I stalk her a lot, but she's a seems like a lovely girl. She sadly lost her partner last year. Uh, it's a pretty incredible story. Her um, like you know, her way of getting through things, but she had a pregnancy announcement, and they announced that on their podcast uh, yesterday. Today is Tuesday, so on Monday, um, and they're doing a shred for Chumpy Day on July eighth, which is one year since his accident, um, and it's all shredders out and about, posting, tagging, sharing things. Um, you skate, surf, if you're in the snow. Um, anything like that, but just check them out. They're doing they're doing pretty nice things and talking about things that a lot of people don't talk about. Yeah. So for context, um, Chumpy is Elodie's um, 
partner's nickname. Yes. Um, he was an Olympic snowboarder. Um, and so that's why it's all about shredding and they're encouraging anyone and everyone to shred in whatever way um, they like that you do to honour this day. So go and check out um, all their Instagrams and things like that to get around it. I think for me, Keely introduced me to um, this story and I feel so amazed in how they talk about grief on that podcast. I think if you've ever been through an experience um, of of dealing with grief, it's a really like raw, natural and, and kind of, yeah, a, a way that the way that they talk about it, like I can resonate with, I, I think that there's so much power in it. So yeah. highly recommend that. Did you guys see that they have also opened up Chumpy's Lodge and named yes. the Australian Winter Olympics training facility after him, which is really, really special cool. too. So, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Hey, a lot of like Olympic summer and winter chat on this episode um, today. Well, how many weeks to the Olympics? A couple. Less than 30 days. Very exciting. We're, we're in the 20s, I think. Um, so, so exciting. My one to watch is really just backing up both of your recommendations. Also reminding you that Wimbledon is on. Um, Ash Barty is competing tonight. I'm hoping, is she? Yes, we, and we're recording on Tuesday night, so hopefully she's into the next stage Get and all girl. those things. Um for all of those who are tuning into our trivia night tonight, we are absolutely so excited. And I just want to emphasize to you um, the clue that was in this episode is that there will be a question tonight about Miff Rennie, who you just heard from. I want to remind you all that she is Australia's youngest ever female skier to compete at a free ski world cup. Remember that? It's going to be in the questions. Other than that, it's been a bloody honour to be with you again. You are the highlight of our week, especially because we're in lockdown. Um, it's always a pleasure. It is always a Never pleasure. Never a chore. Never a chore. Wow. And it's a pleasure to be with you guys doing it, Keely and Georgia. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, <laughs> make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave us a five-star rating if you really liked it. If you're listening on Spotify, hit that follow button. Check out our two official Chicks and Balls playlists. They are the Pump Up playlist and the Country Music playlist. Follow us on Instagram at Chicks and Balls Pod and TikTok on at Chicks and Balls Pod. And gee, what's our Twitter handle? We now have a Twitter. It's Chicks and Balls because Chicks and Balls Pod was too many letters. So just Chicks and Balls on Twitter. <laughs> we love it. Uh, all our, as always, our DMs are always open for your feedback and your ideas and your thoughts. But other than that... We will catch you next time. Bye. So you're...